What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Kyle Thumb, and this is the Solar Growth Podcast. And today, our podcast is brought to you by my company, which is solarboom.io. Everything that your solar business needs to go boom. If you have any interest in marketing or other resources that can help solar sales pros, make sure to check out solarboom.io. And now, let's get on with the show. What's up, everybody? This is Solar Growth Podcast number 18 18 yes um so i took a couple weeks off uh but i'm back at it creating some more i'm hoping to provide more value interviews all this good stuff today's interview is with charles a thompson um the guy is uh he's a machine i mean he uh we we talk about a lot of um his background and he actually had covid um a few months back and it kicked his butt but it didn't kick his butt enough to stop him from uh closing a handful of deals so um it's a fun interview lots of lots of value lots of uh, insights from someone who um, has been in the sales game for for quite a while and i'm really excited to share with you so uh, without any further ado here's solar growth podcast number 18. All right, and we are live. What's up, everybody? This is Kyle Thumb, the Solar Growth Podcast number 18. Today, I'm talking with Charles A. Thompson. Um, Charles is uh, someone who I recently watched uh, a training video on his about um, virtual sales, and it was so great and it was so polished that I, I was like, dude, I have to interview this guy for my podcast. So Charles, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience and uh, what experiences have led you to obviously be um, a successful salesperson like you are? Absolutely. My pleasure, Kyle. Thanks for the opportunity to have the interview. I've been in the energy space for about 30 years. About 10 of that is with solar actually ran teams for two of the nation's largest energy companies as they started doing solar. I witnessed a lot of challenges in the industry that still exist, as we know, about profitability. And I, about two years ago, made a decision to really transition to online selling. And I really call it online educating in enrollment, because I firmly and passionately believe that this is a better way for people to get their power. And I hope that comes across in my presentations. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I think, um, when I, when I watched your video, what really struck out to me, as I mentioned, was how like polished you were. And there was a very um, kind of traditional sales feel to the way that you talked about it. And I, I feel like that's something that's kind of um, different in solar industries, that there's a lot of um, people that are relatively new. They're maybe on the younger side, probably compared to other industries. And you really kind of brought that presence that um, I, I experienced when I was in industry other industries and i i really like that um so one of the questions i have is your nickname i've noticed is the solar doctor can you explain that a little bit absolutely there's a real funny story behind it i i, I won't get too much into that it's kind of a a private joke to how it all came up but uh, it it really looked i looked at the industry and the challenges that homeowners are having and really compared it to medical and from the medical side a lot of my training i focus on like going through university for medical training. And that's phase one of learning solar. And then the second part, I focus on how to use the knowledge you pick up, dumb it down, because you don't need to overwhelm a homeowner with all that knowledge, and then how to present it accordingly. And I, it's just my residency program. And it all just kind of came together and the solar doctor with a K, so I never get claimed, I'm not claiming to be a doctor. That's uh, unofficial, the solar doctor. So it's, it's been a fun brand. Yeah, that's that's funny. So my um, my background is uh, in kinesiology, exercise science, and uh, I always look at things kind of from 
Um, and that's prescription background because I did a lot of studies that were kind of designed to help me become a physical therapist. Um, and and I, I, I can definitely resonate with that and using it from the same lens where when you're looking at people and you're looking to prescribe them a solution that's going to obviously answer questions and connect with their why and all that good stuff. Um, so that actually kind of is a segue into um, health and fitness. So correct me if I'm wrong, you, you are someone who is, uh, who, you enjoy running, correct? I enjoy walking, brisk walking okay. along the beach behind me uh, three or four days a week and get a, a little bit of vitamin D at the same time. So try to stay okay. cardio fit and physically fit. Yes. Very cool. So how has um, your ability to maintain your, your fitness and wellness, how has that impacted um, your sales? How has that impacted your role as a sales professional? I think it's just, the fitness is just more about what it does for your mind. You know, that conditioning that just keeps you balanced. I think all in all, from a, a mental health standpoint, if you're not balancing it out, then that is going to impact everything that you do. And I think it's, just, it's all about balance. I, I really live a life by design, and it, it starts with you know, morning routines and then ends with afternoon routines. That's where the walking comes in. But it also starts with a lot of self-prepping and being in the right mindset in the morning. For sure. And um, I, I know you mentioned vitamin D and I've actually been hearing a ton about vi vitamin D recently because obviously it's supposed to help yes. people to improve um, their uh, resistance to possibly contracting COVID or even the symptoms of COVID. And that's actually interesting because I, I, I know that you actually encountered it. Can, can you tell us a little bit just about that for, for people that are listening and maybe they, like, for example, for me, I, I, I don't know anyone else that, that, that has contracted it at this point, um, but I'd be interested to hear about your experience. You know, it's interesting because up to the day that I contracted it, I didn't know anyone who had it. I was beginning to say, does anybody know anybody who's had this or is just somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody? And that's really what it was like for me. The, the short version of what happened is we had a Father's Day celebration. And a lot of my family came together. I was up at my family home about two hours away. And I left after the celebration. And, and a family member came in after that who had, had, was, was not tested recently, but was also asymptomatic. And it turns out he was out at protests and partying with people protesting and was carrying it. And in fact, at night, 13 of my family members, three days later, my son came down to visit me here. He didn't know he had it. He gave it to me. So it's a gift that keeps on giving. And I will tell you, it was 10 days of hell. It was not a very good experience to say the least. Uh, the good thing is I did recover fully. I have zero, that I know of zero side effects from it, but it was 10 days of extreme body pain, fatigue, fever, and uh, not something I would recommend. I lost 15 pounds too. So there were wow. two things that I did each day. I drank 16 ounces of lemon water. That's just my routine first thing in the morning and 24 ounces of celery juice. That's all my body could take. So that old saying, I guess it's uh, feed a cold, starve a fever. And the body mm -hmm. just did not, it was fighting. It was too busy doing other things to, to take care of my body. Wow. That's, that's super interesting. And it's, um, it's crazy because you hear about how contagious it is and that really shows you uh i mean that's that's a lot of people in one setting to it's for everybody to get it and it's also um i don't want to say ironic but it's funny that the the people that probably brought it there were people that went to a anti-mask or whatever rally um, or right. some sort of protest um interesting so you just mentioned that uh those uh, drinking lemon water are kind of parts of your daily routine. What, what other parts of your daily routine are, are normal that you maybe missed out on because of it? 
the gratitude that I'd like to give every day. I would sit here for about an hour taking it in and enjoying that. I, I wasn't even able to do that. But oddly enough, the one thing that I did not miss, I, I was still able to do online presentations. I actually had five contracts during that period of time. So the 10 days that I was out, I, I, I enrolled five people in a better way to get the power. Thanks to Zoom and thanks to great mentees who are on our platform that selected me. That's it's so cool. It's um, it's a, quite the accomplishment. Uh, five. I mean, that's probably going to watch it. That's going to make it into uh, the title of this video or a clip of its own is uh, making five deals, uh, closing five deals while while having COVID. Um, yeah, because I remember I I actually had the swine flu ten years ago or eleven years ago now, and I remember. It, it was like, there's like three days and it was Halloween. So I remember that. And there's three days and I don't remember anything. And the only thing I remember was uh, I had trick-or-treaters at my door. My bedroom window was like right by my door. And I remember uh, like loose halluc- like going up and looking at these kids and they scared the crap out of me because I had no idea what was going on. Um, but I, yeah, it's definitely, um, the stories I've heard are, are not good. So real quick, one last question about it is how did your, how did you feel about it beforehand? And kind of what changed after, like, how do you view it now? Like, what what kind of differences did you see there? I don't know that much changed other than I guess I was probably like most of Americans. I was beginning to, to, to doubt the severity of it. You know, there was just the flu. And, and it's like the flu, but times 10. You know, that, so that part I came across convinced that it, it's nothing to mess around with. And I, look, I did a lot of the things that I would still recommend people do. And I don't We'll get political conversations. People talk about the personal freedoms and all that. And to me, it's if, if I have to wear a mask, even today after I've had COVID, to make other people feel comfortable so I can go out and actually keep businesses open and I can go do somewhat social activities, I'll wear a dang mask. That part, I guess I, I would say, if anything, maybe I would have resisted it before, but now I recognize how important it is just to protect other people. And again, to avoid all the political nonsense that's going on about it. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to uh, avoid it, obviously, especially during an election year. It's everything's amplified by like a billion, um, and uh, that, that's been our experience as well. Luckily, I, I've talked about this several times on the on our podcast, which is there's luckily we're, we're super fortunate that we're in the solar industry because it's one of those things that when solar makes sense, it makes sense. And it, it right. makes even more sense now than it did before all of this. In a lot of industries, you can't really say that same thing. Um, I, but I also do, I find it fascinating that you were able to <laughs> close five contracts uh, when, uh, when, th- when that was happening to you. That, I mean, that, that's insane blessed. to me. Truly blessed. I mean, that. Tru- truly blessed for sure. Um, so as I've like, like I said, I've said this several times already, but the thing that's impressed me the most about you is like you kind of exuded uh, when I watched several videos of yours, exuded this like professional and um, traditional, like a, tr- a professional and traditional sales master is kind of like the vibe that I got from you, uh, which is a very big compliment. And uh, I, ho- I hope you take it that way. And um, the, the thing that impressed me most was how you were able to use that and convey that message and use it to train people. So obviously you have a role where you're, you're selling solar and you're also training people people. Um, which one of those do you enjoy more? Oh, by far and away, it's helping other people. There's no question about it. I love the fact that I had five sales during COVID and average two to three sales typically every week. But it's the most important thing that out of that is the, we call mentees. That's a new person. And I love getting new people into the industry who don't come in with their own, you know, I'll call bad habits sometimes <laughs> in the way they've been trained and they're just really sponges and they take it all in and, and to see that develop into people who are putting themselves on an income, you know, six figure 
pathway to income is just very, very rewarding, more than anything I do. Yeah, it, it really is incredible. And um, I, I love it myself when I work with people and I, I help them on the marketing and the lead side and I provide them with sources. And there's um, one of my, my best friends, one of my best clients, he was, uh, I remember he was really struggling and then we, we got started and he closed six deals in his first uh, month. And it was like, it, cha- it changed his life, man. I mean, he's crushing it now and he's, he's out there killing it. And as we've already mentioned, we're truly blessed to be in this solar industry. So kind of going, talking about COVID and solar and sailing via Zoom, what do you think is kind of the number one lesson that you would you would give someone or like the number one tip that you'd give someone who's maybe going into like their first Zoom call? Well, number one, make sure people know how to use Zoom because you can spend your first 15 minutes getting them set up. And if you blocked out 45 minutes to an hour, for that presentation, you're wasting 15 minutes of setting them up. So there's some great videos out there you can find on YouTube on how to use Zoom. Oddly enough, with COVID, a lot of people have been using Zoom, so it's not as difficult now as it was, let's say, two years ago. I think the number one thing I was to just make sure people know how to use the technology. And then, you know, from a setup point, we can talk a little bit about setting yourself up and being properly positioned and audio quality and internet connection. All those are critical to a smooth, presentation so you're not getting you know the distractions that would typically come along especially with internet connection yeah for sure and it's almost about it's it's not about like the the small difference that those things make uh is super important obviously but it's more about not giving them like making the best first impression so that if you have the most professional possible zoom set up and you're able to get on get on the line with them you impress them right away and then you can kind of just carry that momentum throughout the rest of your call. Um, Not to interrupt you on that, Kyle, I just wanted to mention that if someone comes to a Zoom and they're, let's just say they're on a phone or they're mobile, they're not sitting in a place, just like when you go into a customer's home, but you want to make sure that you get them at the right place and position properly, it's the same thing. I'll actually reschedule with somebody to make sure that they're going to have a good experience. If they're not in the right environment, if there's a noise in the background, if they don't have a good connection, or if they're on a phone versus on a computer, those type things. Just wanted to add to what I said previously. Yeah, of course. And one of the things that we've seen is um, one of the objections, I, I don't I, I don't want to necessarily call it an objection, but one of the objections that we've been seeing um, come up more is kind of the spousal objection with Zooms. Um, maybe because it's it's harder for them to, or maybe it's just an easier excuse for people to resort to because they don't have that person actually in their home. Um, do you require that like both spouses are there for the Zoom call? It's highly encouraged. Now, there are times where you just have to kind of go with the flow. And since I'm not physically driving someplace for an hour or two hours, dealing with traffic and then having to come back, I'm a little bit more flexible. But inevitably, we all know what's going to happen. Well, let me talk it over with the boss. And yeah, of course. Set, set yourself up for success and make sure that the, the, all decision makers, whether they're partners or spouses, whatever the case may be, are there to help you. Right. With, with everything that's going on, is there any any objections or anything different that you, you like? You know, any trends or changes that you've noticed that is different from selling in home? Because I would assume the majority of your deals now are are virtual. Uh, probably 150 of them over the last 12 to 14 months. Only two have been done in person. And oddly enough, after I had COVID, and I think it's, I shouldn't have told them that I already had COVID. They were comfortable having me come in their home. I just, I opened myself up to it. So I went with those, both of those enrolled. Virtually um, every other one than those two have been done via, via Zoom. 
So okay. it works. Very cool. So you, you've been in solar for 10 years. So obviously um, virtual is something that is relatively new, like last few years, I would assume, um, unless you were like the very first uh, virtual solar pioneer and doing Zooms back in 2010 or whatever. Um, wh what is it that you like most about virtual sales calls and what is it that you like least? The most that I like is it saves so much time for everybody involved. And, and I, I feel that we really get more focus than when you're in a home. And oddly enough, the, the two that I mentioned that I went and did in person, those took nearly two hours. You know, you get the social aspect, you spend a little bit more time walking around the home and maybe doing some things and building the additional value, credibility, trust, rapport, et cetera. So number one thing I like is the time. And number two is just the focus. It really seems that people have a tendency to get more prepared. When they're just having you come to their home, it's like, hey, when you show up, they show up, and then they are, whoa, what are we going to do? And you have to kind of guide them. They're pretty much self-guiding, other than making sure both parties are going to be there if there's two decision makers. The, the thing that I like the, the, the least or dislike would probably be when it comes down to reviewing documents, that you're not there to see it with them, because loan docs, they, we can't see them. I, I've seen enough of them to know what they say. So I'm able to walk around that, the, those questions that they come up, but sometimes being there in person and, you know, you know, putting the hand on the shoulder and just giving reassurance. So not that it's terrible, but that's about the only thing that I think I dislike. Everything else is phenomenal. Think yeah. The time that's saved, really, the time that's saved. And look, every once in a while, things reschedule at the last minute. It sure isn't that painful if they reschedule and you happen to be sitting at your desk when you get that notification. 100%. I think that's the probably for sure the best thing is when someone reschedules or if you get that last minute cancellation, um, there's people that drive two plus hours just to go yeah. to an appointment, you know, and I can't imagine the frustration. Well, I can't imagine it. It's happened to me before, but uh, the frustration when you're, you're on your way to something and it's that big uh, of a commute and, and then it gets canceled. I mean, that would just put me in the absolute worst mood. And um, obviously virtual, I think is a different animal. It takes kind of different um, skills and it takes a lot of practice, but if you're able to master that, then it's, uh, it's super convenient. And then also, I mean, you're just looking at sheer volume. You can handle more appointments per day. Um, and that's something, yeah. Um, what if you were to, hmm, sorry, give me just one second. I'm trying to think of with the zoom aspect and with talking to people, um, what is the most common objection that you typically have encountered? I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty confident, uh, you're, you're confident in your abilities and it sounds like your closing rate is awesome. But obviously with, with Zoom, is there one kind of uh, rejection or one objection that they, they provide to you more often? I haven't noticed that at all. The, uh, you know, the, the typical objection you can have where people want to think about it, those type things. And, and, you know, I always let people know in the very beginning, I frame it. I, I'm not a solar sales guy or gal, you know, I'm, I'm not a closer. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm just going to educate. And your decision is your decision. At the end of this, either you think this is a good decision or you don't. If you don't think it is, then you're better educated. And when you want to go solar, call me back. So I'm not going to then turn around at the end of that when they say I need to think about it. I might ask a couple of questions about what it is to think about, try to get that out of them, but I'm gonna push back. And because of that, the ones that do think about it, I'd say on average, half of them do end up coming through. That's not that I want to accept that, but what are you gonna do? You know, you know, you're not gonna high pressure close, I don't. 
Yeah, and I, I think there's a percentage of people that um, they even if they if, even if it makes sense, even if they're saving money instantly, even if they're getting cash back, they they see that large number, and there's there's a certain number of people that it'll be it's it's almost impossible to convince them of it. They're, maybe they're just not good at making decisions, and there's people that are going to push back regardless. So you're never going to be batting 100, um, but obviously you can do what you can to um, bat at a higher percentage. So with you're obviously handling some volume and you're doing it virtual, which I, I love. And I, I want to know a little bit about your appointment setting process. So how, how is it that you are, are setting appointments? Are, is the majority of your business coming from referrals? Can, can you give us a little bit of insight as far as what has worked for you? Sure, Will. And you know, we have at, at Power, we have a program called the Mentorship Program. So virtually all of my sales that I create are through our mentorship program. I don't have a lead gen campaign. I, I really only spend six to eight hours a week selling. The rest of the time I, I mentor, I coach, I train, I spend time socializing with people, getting them to another level. So I really limit the amount of selling time. And, and I do that, I have a 15 person rule at any given time. I've got 15 people in my network that I'm offering my services to mentor. And then when one moves out of that and becomes able to close deals on their own, then I replace that with someone else. I'm always looking for who that next person is going to be that I want to help take up to another level. Of course. So, so when you're looking for those people and you're looking for people that um, you, you see something in and you hopefully will be able to aid them towards success, what, what kind of characteristics or like what is the most important things that you look for in one of those people? People willing to work hard, people willing to learn people willing to apply what they learn and not coming in with the before mentioned uh, preconceived notions that they already know everything they need to know. And there's really, it's really cool to find solar professionals who have been doing this for a while who say, you know what, I'm willing to just step back and listen. Then that's, that's perfect. But somebody already knows everything. There's nothing for me to mentor them on. Okay. Very cool. And so all, and what, what percentage of the people that you mentor are, um, doing deals also on zoom is is that the majority majority yeah there are situations where the consultant who i'm mentoring is in the home with the homeowner but we're seeing a lot of people I'd probably say 80 to 90 percent of the people are doing the very same thing they're they're on the zoom with me so there there's three of us it's the homeowner it's the mentee and it's myself very cool and then you guys are able to um I think that's super important. I think that's obviously something that can get lost in Zoom calls is because people, uh, it's just a little different to shadow someone when you're not actually there in the home. Um, and obviously having, you don't want to feel like you're, you're ganging up on the person, but to give them that valuable insight and able to watch your process, your pitch, kind of see how you talk and how you progress and what you pick up on. Um, I mean, that seems super, super valuable. Well, what we try ahead. to do is that the homeowner feel comfortable that, it's newer technology, and because of that, I'm showing Kyle, right? I'm, I'm walking Kyle through the technology. So rather than Kyle doing a portion of it and me doing a portion of it, I'm just going to take it from start to finish if you're okay with that. Basically give them permission. So it's not like they're, it's their boss or they don't even talk about mentorship or anything like that. It's also how you represent it to the homeowner. Yeah, very cool. And you, you, you want to be transparent, honest, but also um, don't want to put them in a situation where anyone feels any additional pressure. Very cool. Well, so let me ask you, like, what would be the the number one, if you could point anyone to a specific training resource or a specific video or some a skill that they need to develop, um, if they were brand new starting in solar, uh, what what would that training or what would that resource be? 
uh, particularly these days, I would, I would direct them to my online selling course. I don't charge for any of the courses and, and we have a lot of courses for those people who are in power that give them the ability to go through the different versions of what I said, my residency programs, those type things. So I would direct them to the online selling because it, it really coaches people through the same practices that you're going to use if you're in a home. It's, it's really any different other than, like I said, you may spend more time there building rapport and credibility and that type of thing, but the very same, very same skills. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, that there's so many resources online, like there's so many training videos, you can find someone you like, and you can go and find videos that they probably created that are training them. So like if someone was um, interested in all the stuff that you've been talking about, then they would be able to go and look it up. And obviously, it's a resource that is designed to to help them and to get to the point where they're able to close more deals. And what I love about you specifically is you're, you're all virtual. That's, that's awesome. It's um, something, it's similar to, I, I spoke with Melissa Dawson and uh, she, she a couple weeks back and she was another person who is fully virtual. And I, I completely admire that. And you guys are even um, more resistant to the craziness in the world that's going on right now um, because you, you, people, like I've been flocking to virtual for over the last few months. And obviously you were, you were already there. You're probably like, Hey, this is my space. Um, but that, that's, that's really, really quite interesting. So my last question for you is from a personal branding perspective, as far as marketing yourself as a solar professional, um, I feel like it's one of the few things that, uh, a lot of solar professionals struggle with is they're afraid to tell people what it is that they do. Um, and that goes with content marketing. It goes with social media. It goes with kind of all for getting, getting referrals. What recommendations would you have for someone um, as far as creating their own branding and personal branding and how to use all these great tools that we have to their advantage? Yeah, I think it's important to have your own brand because quite frankly, the homeowner is buying you. It's, it's not the kind of course, the company's critical behind you, but if they don't have belief, faith, and trust in you, then it's not going to matter who the company is. By having a brand that's associated with it, make it something fun. Now, like in my, in my case, the, the doctor with a K, it always gets a conversation going. They want to know oh, what, what's behind that. It, it gets them peaked and gets the, you know, starts to build that rapport. I, I really think that's the key. Anything that you do, you know, in our case, since we're with power, you want to leverage the power of the platform, but you got to sell yourself. That's more important than anything. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of power, when you go through your sales presentation, do you go through um, the proposal slides? Is that the presentation that you use? I, I use the, the proposal that we have, the dynamic proposal, but I start with education. And I have about a 30-page deck that over the last you know, eight, nine, ten years, the questions that homeowners have asked me, I've built that into a deck. So I have a tendency of building in the objection into the presentation. All the ones that no one would come up typically don't come up. And what's great, again, I sit down with somebody and say, I have a ton of questions. Say, okay, great. If you don't mind, I'd like to, to share my background with you, what I've done. And to keep me on track, I actually use PowerPoint. And it's going to save you time. It's going to save me time. And then if there's any questions after I'm done with that, whatever time you need, we can do that. Is that okay with you? And it puts them at ease. Okay. And then instead of it being Charles's opinion or the solar doctor's opinion or Kyle's opinion, I'm always referencing third parties. I'm referencing studies. I'm referencing facts. I'm referencing the government. I'm referencing manufacturers. And it's not me. And that way, by doing that, they, they see that there's a lot behind it. It's not just the sales pitch. They can always go out and Google it. 
and find out that, hey, what Charles said is there. And yeah. I find that's critical to the credibility and why the can I, I rarely, rarely find a cancellation after going through enrollment. Oftentimes, I'm, I'm not the cheapest in, in the game because there's a lot of, I call them the chuck of the truck. My name's Charles, right? Yeah. There are smaller companies who can command a, a lower price point because they don't have the infrastructure that they need. And even with that case where somebody comes in a couple thousand dollars less, I have rarely had a cancellation because they feel informed. That's who developed the trust. Yeah, that's, wow, you just highlighted so many important things. Uh, number one being uh, something that I, because I have a team of appointment setters, and one of the things that we do is we, uh, like the biggest message that we can get across is your goal is to control the conversation, right? And so when you're doing a sales pitch like that, that's how you're controlling the conversation um, by keeping it in, your, addressing their questions before they come up, which makes you look super impressive, and then giving them opportunity at the end after all the ones that you're expecting have already been addressed. Um, and then the second aspect is um, how you mentioned, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. I apologize. Uh, this is it. I, you know what? It's funny because I haven't done an interview in like three weeks. And before that, I had done like interviews like six weeks in a row. And I was like, I was on top of it. And now, now rusty, I'm, Kyle, you I'm, I'm, I'm getting rusty, man. I, I can't, I can't, you know, the dozens and dozens of people that watch this are, are going to be let down by me, but that's okay. Uh, well, I can't remember what it was. So I, I just want to end and I just want to say I appreciate you um, for taking the time. I, I think you're a wealth of knowledge. And like I said, I think it's very rare for me to watch a training video and be as impressed as I was. So, so thank you for, for taking the time um, to, to speak with me today and to help us to educate and train hopefully other people. Um, if there's anyone that watched this or listened to this and they really wanted to talk to you, they wanted to get some resources from you, they wanted to hopefully like learn from you, what would be the best way for them to reach out? So if they're already in power, the best way is to go to our calendar. They know that there, or they should know that there are daily sessions that were available and I host a few co-host or host a few of those. So access to ask questions in that format is very, very simple. And then I usually limit my time, like I said, to 15 people. So I'm not really talking to hundreds, but the good thing is anyone within our leadership ranks that we have are, are very similar in, in thought processes and patterns, that type of thing. So you'll, you'll get access to that if you're, you're keeping within the culture of the company. And if you don't mind, I want to talk a little bit about that. Someone who isn't in power, we come and come across your video. So, you know, power has done a phenomenal job of really, I jokingly say, we pulled the pants down on the solar industry. And what I mean by that is we've done something that no other company has ever done in this industry. We've been around it for a few minutes and they transparently show what the cost of goods is to us, solar professionals, sales professionals, wherever you come from, there's no company up there that's doing that. And they give you the complete autonomy to be able to adjust the pricing relative to what's right for the market, what's right for the situation, what's right for the customer. It gives you all that control. I've never seen that in my time in the industry. It gives you the ability to earn a six-figure income by creating one to two sales per month, a six-figure income. And then a passive income, if you desire to build an organization, small, medium, or large, you have the ability to get passive income. I don't go out and boast a lot about income. But I can tell you, I make more passively than most people would make in, uh, in probably in a month than most people make in a year because of the way the dynamic compensation plan has been created for those who want to leverage that. So it's the most phenomenal opportunity I've ever been exposed to. And uh, I'm passionate about it. I love the culture of the company. You become part of that, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll see for yourself. 
Well, there you go, man. Once again, I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I, I agree. I love platform. It's a, it's a really great platform. And I think it kind of gets um, a bad rep just because of um, it being a, an MLM where it's multi-level marketing, where there is that kind of ability to build a team. But when you look at the actual numbers, as far as the, the pay structure and um, the, the ability to sell, and like you said, get all those tools that are provided to you. I mean, it's just such an incredible um, platform. So once again, you said that I, I do, you may, you opened up a point that I've got to, okay. got to take a moment to, to address it. And it's the people who look at power five years. Ago. I've been with power for, I guess I'm over five and a half years now. When it looked a little bit more like a network marketing company, and, and there's a lot of differentiators, but the easiest thing to do is compare it to companies like Keller Williams, EXP, Prudential Insurance, Affleck Insurance, Solar City's old ambassador program. They all have tiered compensation plans. It saves a lot of money in having managers and salaries. Instead, they give it away in overrides. Not give it away, it's earned in overrides. There's no, no offense to anybody in MLM. MLM's dynamic. I've, I really don't know a lot about it other than the fact that some people compare it because of our tiered compensation plan, revenue share plan, but there's no money made on recruiting people. There's no products you have to buy and put in your garage or you know, auto ships or anything like that. So it's very different than a, let's call a traditional MLM. I, I don't even associate it that way, just a tiered compensation plan. Very cool. Okay. So I, what's funny is I just remembered that point that I met, I lost like five minutes ago, 10, 10 minutes ago now. Uh, but it was what you were talking about with um, when you're presenting and you're, you're building authority by using these outsourced, outside sources, using these big companies that have national brands and like giving them intel and information they can't really dispute. And I think one of the things that a lot of people out there are missing is leveraging their own personal like their own past clients leveraging testimonials getting testimonials and then shouting it to the rooftops because um th there's something strange that you can't really say you can't you shouldn't be talking about how awesome you are but if you get like a quote of somebody else talking about how awesome you are then it, it's going to go viral it's going to get eyeballs on social media it's going to get people's attention and that's just something that's uh super super important and it kind of ties back to the question before that which was all about uh social media and content so I just want to say thank you again. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll have to do this again sometime in the future. And, and uh, th thanks again, man. My pleasure, Kyle. Have an amazing day. Hey, what's up? Thank you so much for making it to the end of my little podcast here. That means you're one of the dozens and dozens of true supporters, and I greatly appreciate it. Um, I think if you made it all the way to the end, that means that you at least didn't hate the episode. Um, so I, I greatly appreciate that you uh, made it all the way through. And uh, since you're one of our dozens of supporters, I would love if you could go ahead and hit that subscribe button hit that follow button or whatever platform you're on, maybe go ahead and give us a review. We would greatly appreciate it. We appreciate that you tuned in to listen and we look forward to you listening again soon.